All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back. We got episode, I believe, 35 of the fight cast coming to you. Back. I had COVID this past week, so we missed the episode. But what was that? yeah, I tell you that. I thought you were. No. Oh, I, I got COVID. You just texted me and said, yo, I'm fucked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't get tested at that point. So oh. I, got, I got tested Thursday. The fucking tests down here are insane. You gotta, you gotta like, you gotta like plan to have COVID to get a test on time. So that doesn't really, Florida. They, they don't, they, COVID they, isn't real down there, right? It doesn't work out very well, but I got a test was positive. Now I gotta, I'm back on my grind to get a negative test. So that's my next, uh, my next feat. So I'll be home all week. That's all you, I can't even believe that you guys are allowed to get tests down there with that governor you got. Yeah. I don't know. That guy trying to sue against COVID tests. <laughs> He's a weirdo, man. Well, it's fucking. It's hard to get a COVID test out here. You have to literally plan like four days in advance to Listen, get a COVID it, test. So you got you got the nice weather, but it really is the armpit of America. Like it's <laughs> such a it's such a weird place down there, man. Well, whatever. But I'm getting uh whatever, getting through it. <laughs> I, I was sick. I was sick for two days. I've been fine since. I just can't get a negative test. So I'm in the house until then, which I'm going crazy. But. We had, uh, which sucks because this weekend there was no UFC to even watch. I just had to sit there and, you know. Um, but we're going to dive back into UFC 265, which happened two weeks ago because there's a lot that happened there. We'll talk about the big fight this weekend, which will be the only fight that I go over. We'll get into the boxing stuff as per usual, and we will go from there. So another tough weekend for myself at UFC 265. I uh, picked one fight right, which is great. Uh, we had Song Yadong versus Casey Kenny. I picked Kenny by unanimous decision, and Song Yadong just pieced him up. He looked a lot faster the entire fight. Uh, Kenny went for a couple takedowns. He showed a lot of heart, and he was, you know, his conditioning was there. He was there the whole fight, and he was in Yadong's face, but it just seemed like every time he went to go try something or do something or push the pace, he just got stuffed and hit in the face with a jab. So Song Yadong looked really good. I've never really watched him fight. Uh, he's definitely on my radar now, and he's uh, – I feel as though moving forward, he's definitely going to be a big name. Um, and Kenny, he's kind of – you know, he's 0-2 in his last two fights. I thought this was going to be one of those fights where his pedigree from before – because the only person he really lost to up to this point was Dominic Cruz. And Dominic Cruz is obviously one of the best uh, bantamweights of all time. So I was thinking his – his background and pedigree would be better than Song Yudong and he would push the pace there. And he did push the pace and he was in his face the entire fight. But like I said, he just didn't do anything. He didn't hit him enough. And when he did go for takedown, Song Yudong shuffed him or uh, he blocked him pretty easily. And there was really no, um, there was nothing on Kenny, Kenny's end to like push the bill or anything to get anything. So uh, he lost by unanimous decision. The next fight was Tisha Torres versus Angela Hill. I picked Angela Hill. I feel like I picked Torres, but I picked Angela Hill by unanimous decision. That's what I wrote down. Um, Tisha Torres looked phenomenal. Um, she was, you know, she was giving it to Hill all night on the feet. Uh, they even went to the ground and she looked a little bit better on the ground than Angela Hill. Um, she had everything you could ask for. She was kicking. Her punches were nice. Her combinations were uh, beautiful. She, she's a shorter fighter compared to Angela Hill. And uh, she used her teeps really well. She used her kicks and her legs to keep her distance and, when she needed to get inside, she did. She was quick. She got in. She hit. Um, she won the clinch. She she just she won about just about every aspect of that fight. And um, you know she put Angela Hill through a night. Angela Hill's another tough person. She 
she sat through it. She got to the end of the fight, but she got pieced up pretty, pretty good there. Um, but like I said, I was really impressed with Torres, how she used her legs, her, uh, her kicks, her teeps to keep the distance. And then when she had to get inside or when she was forced to get inside, she usually won those exchanges. She won the clinch. And uh, even when it did go to the ground, she seemed to be in control. So it was a great fight by Torres. I think she's going to push herself here and get herself uh, another high-level fight. I think if she wins one more, uh, she's definitely in the discussion for a title fight. So whoever she fights next is probably going to be a high-ranking uh, person in that division. And then, uh, but yeah, so she impressed me a lot. She definitely became one of my go-to fighters in that women's division. So I'm excited to see her go. Um, to me, it was the upset of the night was Michael Chiesa versus Vicente Luque. I picked Chiesa, and I think that if this fight happens nine times out of ten, Luque loses nine times. Or if this fight happens ten times, I think Luque loses nine times out of ten. Um, Chiesa got submitted with a Darce choke, and Chiesa uh, is the jiu-jitsu guy here. He's the, supposed to be the better guy on the ground, the wrestler and the, the grappler. Um, I don't know, really know what happened. You know, I, I think he just got lazy. And he was trying to get up from the ground because he took him down and he was almost about to submit Luke and he had his back and then he flipped over, had both of his hands on the ground and Luke just put him in a Darce choke and ended the fight. Uh, it was a really tight Darce choke and Chiesa couldn't get out. And, and that was it. It was really bizarre um, because Chiesa looked in control of that fight until he got flipped over and got put in that Darce choke. Um, so I, you know, to me, like I said, Chiesa should have came out in this fight and he was looking real good up to that point. So to see him kind of like falter there and get Darce choked and, and lose uh, was, was crazy. And uh, because it was a Darce choke and like the, on the ground, it, it made it even more uh, bizarre to me. Uh, but like I said, I think that Luke, you know, he just beat Tyron Woodley. He just beat Michael Chiesa. Uh, I think he's, he's gotta be up next. Uh, in the conversation for one of these for the welterweight belt um there's a lot going on in that division right now you know another welterweight fight coming up this weekend which we'll talk about but uh Usman's gonna be fighting Covington and then if Covington gets the belt if Usman keeps the belt you know there's a lot to be had there uh Nate Diaz Nick Diaz um you know Covington again you got Maswell like there's so much to go on in this division uh, with a uh, lightweight division as well these two are the most exciting divisions within the UFC right now and I think that Luke he's shown up he just beat Chiesa he beat Woodley before that so I think for him it's easily a top five opponent and then uh or top 10 opponent at least and then whoever he gets from there um I think it's going to be a good fight for him but uh again uh, I picked Chiesa and he lost um, second to last fight, we had o Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. This one I actually got right. I picked Jose Aldo. Aldo looked phenomenal. Um, I guess Aldo went back after his last fight and started working a lot on his boxing with somebody, one of his coaches or someone that he knows. And his boxing showed uh, Saturday night because he looked sharp with his hands. He was quick. He was using good combinations. I feel like you would have been proud of watching him. You know, maybe they weren't he, as clean, but he he looked very quick on his feet too. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He didn't go to that. One of the things I'm always talking about with the, you, these MMA guys is their lateral movement or the lack of lateral movement. Yeah. Uh, you saw kind of a lot of that from Aldo, which is, I don't know if you noticed it because it is something that is rare with those guys because they move straight forward and back so often, Yeah. but him taking steps off 
like what, what we call the drop steps, right? He would drop step off the side to get back on the center line, come off to the side. It looked good. He looked good. Yeah, he, he moved well. Um, he's usually a very kick-heavy style, and he didn't rely on his kicks. He relied on his hands, which was great to watch. And he he did everything he needed to. Like Jake said, he stepped off the line. He moved well. He cut off the ring well. He did he did a lot of good stuff with his feet or in his hands on his, with his hands. And uh, he just looked sharper and a step ahead than uh, ahead of Munoz the entire night. Um, I think he's back in the title mix. Uh, I, I see a lot of good fights there as well. Cody Garbrandt, Sean O'Malley, whoever it is that decides they want to put him with. I think that any of these fights in the Bantamweight at 135 is going to be a great fight for Aldo. And I think that he's starting to put it together. And I really think this will be, uh, I think he knows it. And I think that everybody else knows that this is going to be one of his last runs through the UFC. And I think he's putting all the pieces together. Um, it could even be Dillashaw, which would be great if it was Dillashaw. Um, but he just looked phenomenal. And I think he, this is, you know, prime Aldo. I think that him being like this and having all the other tools with his kicks and his grappling, I think it puts him in a good place. And he's a scary fighter. And I don't think any of those guys want to go against Aldo if he's a hundred percent. Yeah. And then the, the fight of the night. So we had Derek Lewis versus Cyril gone. So I think anybody who takes emotion out of this fight, looks at it and says, Cyril God is a better fighter than Derek Lewis. But I think, you know, and we've said this every time I've covered a Derek Lewis fight and anytime you've watched a Derek Lewis fight as a fan and, you know, uh, from like even a fighter's perspective, the guy shouldn't win and he wins. You know, there's been countless fights where he has less skill. It goes against a grappler. It goes against somebody who doesn't have the skill and he pulls it out somehow with an uppercut or some random, he just needs to connect. And, you know, we've said this multiple times and Jake, especially, but like power is a great equalizer in a lot of ways. And it doesn't matter if you have the skill because it all, if, if you have to avoid one punch the entire night and all it needs to do is land once, that's, that's a big thing you have to avoid. Whereas, you know, if you're fighting somebody who is a grappler or is, uh, doesn't have the power that Lewis has, you can get hit a couple of times. You can take a couple of shots. You have to be worried about it. And I think that to that night, the pressure got to Lewis of fighting in Houston, fighting for the belt. And he let, you know, I think you could see it from the walkout. He didn't, he didn't look right. He didn't look like he there. Looked like he didn't want to fucking be there, bro. Yeah. He looked like first he did. Time, first time he got hit, it looked like he was like, you know, what? I'm ready to go. Yeah. And I, I saw from the first minute or first 30 seconds of the fight when gone gave Lewis three straight leg kicks and he did nothing. I was like, okay, it's going to be a problem. And then gone just, I honestly, I don't know if there's uh, I don't know if, Ngano stands a chance against Gon. Uh, because I think Ngano is closer to Lewis than any other fighter. And I don't think that Ngano has the skill to get inside on Gon. And I say that because Ngano is slow as yeah. fuck. And I say that because if you watch this fight, essentially Derek Lewis is is how is a little less skilled version than Ngano, but is how Ngano fights. He's yeah. very he doesn't throw a lot of combos. He's not going to be very much in your face. He's going to sit back. He's going to either look for the counter punch or he's just going to look for that one punch. And gone shut that shit down completely. I don't think, you know, there was maybe 30 seconds of that fight where you were like, oh shit, Lewis could do something. And gone got out, reset, and that was it. Um, I think that Lewis, again, didn't want to be there. He looked slow. He looked like he was just hoping to connect and that was it. Because as soon as he got hit, 
uh, and he got his leg started to give in, I think, or he started to feel the leg kicks. He just gave up. Uh, he, he just dropped down. He kept he saying he got his leg. He, put, he started going into the fetal position. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big red flag right there. Like, yeah, your, your boy doesn't want to be here. Yeah. And I, I think I've never seen it before from him. Um, I really think it was just the pressure of Houston, the, the bell, everything was just on the line. Um, and I think just gone was just that he's just that good. You know, he's just that good of a fighter. It's where I, I was, telling, I was, I was telling someone the other day, like when we both gave our predictions for the fight, right. We yeah. said, so these are all the reasons why Cyril Gaon should win this fight. Right. Yep. He's more athletic. He's more skilled. You know, he's got better movement. Having said that, Derek Lewis and his big punch. Yeah. Right? So what we did is we picked with our hearts yep. after analyzing it like we should. Yeah. Like like smart people. Yep. We went away from the smart thing and said, no, you know, let's go with the guy with the big shot. Yeah. The guy with all the skill who should absolutely win the fight. Yeah, you know what? And you know, look at even me, like I was like, I think what I said specifically was. I think that Gan will have to do a lot to stay away from that power. Yeah. And at some point he's going to be fatigued from having to do other work from staying away. But what I didn't think of was all the attacks he's going to like all the shots he's going to land on Derek Lewis while he's in there and then get out. Oh, um, yeah. So honestly, we like when we were talking about it, I mean, the answers were there. We, yeah, yeah, I think, like I said, I think if you look at this fight from an outsider's perspective and you came in and you were like, I have no clue who Lewis is, I have no clue who Gon is, and you look at Gon and, and you tell someone, these are the skills, this is what he's better at, you'd be like, okay, well, then obviously he's going to win. Yeah. But I think that, like, Lewis, again, time and time again, has shown he's done it, he wins against the guy he shouldn't, and that's it. Now, again, with, with Gon, I think, you know, shifting discussion over to him, he is uh, – Easily my favorite going into an Ngannou fight. I don't think it's a question. Um, I don't know that there's a heavyweight besides John Jones that would give him a run for his money. And I, right now, until I see John Jones, because his first fight won't be against Gone, but until I see John Jones in a heavyweight fight, whether that's Stipe, Derek, or whoever it is that he fights, I would pick Gone over John Jones just because of how well he moves, everything that he does. He's quick on his feet. He kicks. He, he's not a power puncher, but he gets his punches in and he's smart. And I think that's the biggest thing. And he doesn't get caught up because there was definitely a couple of times where he could have played into the crowd and to Derek Lewis and could have got involved in like a, a trade-off of just punches. But he got in, he got out, he dodged it and moved. And I think that seeing that was really good for me because going into a fight against Ngano, and I, I'm pretty sure he's the favorite going into the fight with Ngano, but um I don't see a way in which Ngannou beats him. Uh, I really don't. I, I think that uh, after what I saw from Gon, he's got literally everything that you asked for and the size and the speed and the skill and the IQ. And uh, like you said, everything was there to pick him. I just think everybody fell in love with the, you know, you just have to, again, avoid that one punch from uh, Lewis. And I think that I picked – I picked the same way when I picked Ngano and Stipe. I picked, I believe I picked Stipe to win. And that's where, you know, Stipe is the better fighter. But Ngano is just a fucking, he's just got power. And he was more patient. And he just, he, he did the one thing everybody said Stipe had to avoid, which was get caught. And that was it. 
you know? So, but I think moving forward, you know, I think gone is, uh, I think he's that dude. And I think he's going to be that dude for a while. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm excited to see for him versus Gano, And I'm really excited to see him versus John Jones. Cause I think John Jones is the better fight. And I think John Jones is the only person right now that has any tool set to beat this guy. Um, cause he could get him on the ground. He could strike with him. He could kick with him. He's longer, I think, than gone. Um, but yeah, so bad night, but we're on to the next one as, as per usual. So this weekend we got UFC fight night. We got Kelvin Gastelum versus Jared Cannonier. Um, so this fight I think is interesting, but they've, they're kind of, they're kind of both in weird positions. Gastelum has multiple times been, you know, teetering towards the belt. And he's even fought for it against Izzy once. He's oh, he's he's that fighter that's like looking over the edge, but just can't get over the edge. He just doesn't have what it takes to push himself over to that upper echelon of fighter. He's up there, like he's in that that top talk of the uh, middleweight division. But he's not. He never put like I said. He never gets himself over that that edge. And I think that for him, this is a big fight because Cannoneer is someone who, you know, fought the big names. The only person he hasn't really fought is Izzy and Izzy wants to fight him. So I think that if Cannonier wins here, he'll probably be one of the next up and coming pieces. Um, I'm really excited about Darren Till. I want Darren Till to fight Izzy. Um, and I'm hoping he does it soon because he's got his next fight against Derek Brunson, which is going to be a big fight, uh, which was just announced, but Darren Till's another name, but uh, I say Darren Till's name because I think that, whoever wins this fight could face Till. Um, and then whoever wins that fight could face Izzy next because Izzy's facing Robert Whitaker next for the belt. Um, I think going into this fight, when you look at this, Cannoneer is a very good fighter. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good stand-up guy. He's got a lot of skills. Gaslam to me is a better fighter overall. And like I said, I don't, I don't think Cannoneer has a chance against Izzy. And I don't think Cannoneer is in the same level as Gaslam. And I don't think Gaslam is in the same level as Izzy. So I think, you know, Gaslam wins this fight handily. I think what's going to happen here is he's going to control this fight, like not the last fight because he lost, but two fights ago. Um, and I think with, you know, who did Gaslam fight next or last? So Gaslam fought Whitaker and he lost. And then before that, he fought Ian Heinish. And I think we're going to see the, the Gaslam from the Ian Heinish fight, which is pressuring him the whole fight getting on his ass, pushing him against the cage, taking it to the ground, you know, doing all the things that he needs to do to win this fight. And I think that Cannoneer, you know, his last fight was Whitaker as well. And then he beat uh, Anderson Silva and Jack Hermanson before that. But I do really think, you know, going into this fight, it's, it's not going to be, I think it's going to be Gaslam pushing the pace here. And I think that Gaslam is going to control it like he did against Heinish. So my, uh, Prediction here is going to be Gaslam by unanimous decision. And then I think, you know, after that, Gaslam will, you know, be in the conversation again. I don't know how many times he's going to get that opportunity for the belt, you know, because he's he just lost to Whitaker for his second chance at the belt. But I think, you know, a couple wins from Gaslam and he could definitely be right back up there. So I think that he knows that. I think he's a good fighter, a better fighter overall than Cannoneer. And I think that he's got all the intangibles to do what he needs to do. It's just actually doing what he needs to do. So, again, Gaslam, unanimous decision for this weekend. 
And uh, yeah, that's it. And then, uh, like I said, other news, um, Darren Till versus Derek Brunson was announced. I think that's in October or November. Uh, so that's going to be a fucking banger because Darren Till, he's been supposed to be back like three or four times. And every time he's supposed to come back, he gets hurt or sick or something like that. So I'm hoping this is the one where he comes back. I'm excited to see him go. And um, yeah, so boxing news. Uh, so let's start with the uh, fights last weekend. Um, we'll start with uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson, uh, Nico Ali Walsh. Uh, who apparently looks really good. Eh, I mean, he fought a tomato can, but I mean, he he looked like someone who's never boxed before fighting someone who's never even heard of boxing. Like, True. that's what it looked like. Um, I thought I didn't know. So, I, I watched that when I first saw the video. I was kind of like, who are these guys? And then, like, I saw him, I didn't know it was like a top rank fight. And then, uh, and then they. They said it was like Muhammad Ali's nephew. I was like, oh shit. I was like, oh, that sucks. But <laughs> yeah, he uh I mean you could tell that he knows how to move. He understands the mechanics of boxing. Like obviously he has something um in him, um certain affinity for it, but he looked like a beginner. He looked like someone who had less than 30 amateur fights. And the guy he was fighting against, I mean, he didn't even throw a real punch the whole time. He kept like pushing him. And apparently I found this out after that they dude is an actually he's an MMA fighter. Who, the boxer that he fought? Yeah, yeah, the dude Jordan Weeks, he's an MMA fighter. Um so it's news because it's Muhammad Ali's grandson. Um, as far as the actual fight was concerned. It was trash. Um, and even Ali Walsh said after the fight that he knows he's a beginner. So they were working on the one-two and he threw nothing but the one-two. So that tells you what kind of fight it was. That he got a knockout in the first round only throwing the one-two. Um, <laughs> so it was trash. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Virgil Ortiz fought um russian dude uh russian dude uh he he stunned ortiz i think it was in like the it was the second round i had virgil hurt had him wobbling all around the ring but he couldn't finish him um and to virgil ortiz's credit man like this dude he's got it in him because this motherfucker was wobbling on noodle legs and waving him in and throwing bombs right back at him while he could barely stand. It was, yeah. he, he's got it in him, man. Um, and then uh, came back out the, the, the following rounds and showed a ton. Again, so Virgil Ortiz is only 23 years old. He's 18. After this fight, he's 18 and over with 18 knockouts. Uh, he's a power puncher, but he came out after that, after he got hurt and boxed the shit out of that dude. And then eventually warmed down and, and let loose with the power shots. Um, ended up getting him out of there. Um, knocked him down once with a body shot and then with a nice combination. And then at one point he hit him with a body shot and, and the dude took a knee and then they, they finally got him out of there. But 
Virgil Ortiz looked fucking great. He called out um, Terrence Crawford after the fight. Um, as good as he looked, I, I don't think he's ready for Crawford, but you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, that that was a really exciting fight. Um, uh, who else fought? What, what, what else I have in there? Uh, we had uh, Michael Conlon. Uh, Buddy McGirt fighters. Oh, the Mike, Michael Connell was the, the the week before. Oh, it was the week before. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we didn't get so. Yeah, the last time that we were on, I predicted Michael Conlon would win by um, knockout with a body shot. Yeah, did he? Wow, the dude looked weak to the body. Well, he didn't knock him down, knock him out. He did knock him down with a body shot, though. There we go. Um, and got the decision. And Michael Conlon looked great really really slick he looked great um oh yeah so the uh buddy mcgirt's fighter carlos balderas who was a um he was an olympian his last fight he lost and I, I it's i don't know much about him but i it sounded like he didn't look good uh some people gave up on him he ended up at blue moon buddy mcgirt comes back out and and looks fucking unbelievable in this fight um First knockdown he had uh, was a beautiful, beautifully executed. He he had his hands up, dude threw a right. It was like a, an overhand right kind of, right? Balderas did like a quarter turn back. So he brought his left shoulder back just a little bit, caught the shot, returned fire with a short hook, wobbled him, jumped on him, put him through the ropes. Um, and why is that important? Uh, because I put a tutorial on YouTube. Uh, around a year ago uh, talking about how I despise coaches that teach catching a shot on one side and returning fire from the other side. Um, it's an idiotic way to go about things because if the other guy is holding his hand up, you guys are just going to trade blocks. Um, so you catch and you fire on the side that you caught because that side is exposed. And that was just a brilliant example of that. If you watch the replay, Little quarter turn, boom, catches the shot. He's able to get the hook off and land it before the dude can pull his guard back and wobbles him. Beautifully, beautifully um, executed. Um, and then he just, he, he just fucking washed the dude after that. I mean, just uh, looked great. I mean, so this guy's, uh, Belderis is 10 and one now with eight knockouts, uh, beginning of his career. He's a 135-er. Uh, so I think we're going to hear his name for a long time, especially now that he's with, with Buddy. Um, and that was, uh, those were all the, the, the good fights um, from this past week. Yeah, this past weekend. The weekend. Yeah, yeah. The weekend uh, we yeah, in other news, we also had, uh, we had a guy who fought from the gym. His name is Josniel Castro, 4-0. Uh, fought in Massachusetts. He got a knockout win. And then uh, he's an up-and-coming guy. And then um, from Albany, New York, Abraham Nova, he got a unanimous decision win. He's 20-0 and 0 now with 18 knockouts, I believe. Uh, so he's going up in the ranks. It's exciting to see somebody from Albany. And, uh, yeah, and then um, I think that was it for boxing in terms of what we had. Uh, yeah. So this weekend, yeah. Yeah, this weekend we got some uh, big fights. So we got Pac-Man. Um, or Manny Pacquiao versus Ugas um, was supposed to be 
Errol Spence Jr. versus Manny Pacquiao, but Errol Spence uh, suffered a detached retina from, uh, I'm assuming from training, from sparring. Um, he's been he's been having it the last couple of years with injuries and fights, which yeah. sucks. But, um, but yeah, so this is going to be, uh, I'll let Jake break this down and then we'll go from there. Uh, I think this is an easy one. I honestly, I don't know too much about Ugas. Um, I've seen a little bit of him. What I've seen of him, though, I just, I don't, even a 45-year-old Pacquiao just beats this dude up, to be honest with you. Um, what turned into a really big um, fight weekend uh, and probably a Pacquiao loss, um, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Pacquiao did catch Spence, but I think Spence was going to win. He's too big, too young, too strong. Um, so what turns from a big, a gigantic fight weekend with Pacquiao probably losing into Pacquiao getting a belt back, because I think he's going to beat the fucking shit out of this dude, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see that, that what we always see with Pacquiao against these guys who are a little, uh, little, they fight a little straight up. They're a little lumbering Pacquiao in and out side to side landing fucking 47 punch combinations uh weird angled overhand rights and uppercuts and he's gonna catch him one he's pretty he's gonna he's gonna knock this dude out i i i'm th i think he's gonna knock this dude out i think he's gonna knock him out relatively early i'll say like let's go fifth round i'll say fifth round knockout pacquiao all right i'm gonna go i'm gonna go eighth round knockout pacquiao um i was in kind of the same boat i think that pacquiao i think this weekend was gonna be great um but now it just kind of sucks because, like I said, Spence hasn't been able to, like, he's had the car accident. He's had other little injuries before fights that he was supposed to be in. So, um, and I don't, I've never really watched Ugas at all. All I know is that Manny Pacquiao is Manny Pacquiao. So I think he's going to outbox the shit out of this guy and get him with an eighth round uh, KO. And uh, yeah, so other than that, we got some boxing news. Um, I'll, let, I'll let Jake kind of talk about that as well. So we got Canelo, right? Yeah, so Canelo plant is back on. Uh, word is that they're nearing a deal uh, to fight in November. So whatever bullshit that caused them to, to drop out um, before, I guess, is taken care of. And I'm listen, I don't know a whole lot about the business of boxing like that and the dealings, but I'm going to go out and say that after seeing Spence get injured and that fight getting fucked up, that whatever demands that Canelo had about Plant possibly getting injured, I'm saying that the L, that PBC and L Heyman, uh, they, the only way this happens is L Heyman, PBC, Caleb Plant, um, giving in to whatever demands uh, Canelo has. Yeah, because Caleb Plant will never, ever get a payday as big as he's going to get with this this time without Canelo. Yeah, because um, say by some fucking miracle of the, you know the god that doesn't exist that Caleb Plant does get a win, it's it's going to skyrocket him to places to a stratosphere that he would never be able to reach on his own. Yeah, um, and losing to Canelo is going to get him paid more money than he's ever been paid in his life. He needs Canelo. Um, Cause no one, no one takes Caleb plant seriously in terms of like, we know, we all know he can fight. 
they, there's no doubt about that. We, he can fight. The dude is he, he's nasty, but he hasn't fought anyone, and there's no one for him to fight on the horizon. Canelo's got all the other fucking belts, so there's no one else for him to fight. So this had to happen. They know that Canelo's team knows that. So I suspect Canelo's demands for a guaranteed payday in case Caleb Plant gets hurt and them having a problem with it before turned around. They're like, eh, you know what? We kind of got to fight this guy and see now this is all public and uh, all right, whatever. You know what I mean? I suspect that's what, that's what happened because Caleb Plant probably went to his wife who, who you know, works in TV and was like, yeah, this is what I was going to get paid for this fight. And, uh, you know, Al Heyman, these guys said, fuck off. And his wife was probably like, you better walk back in that fucking office and make that shit happen. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I think something like that happened. Well, um, yeah. And I think you got you, you got to make the fight happen if you're Caleb Blank. If you want respect as a fighter and if you want that payday, you, you got to make this fight happen. Well, the thing was with that confused me and made me annoyed was he kept I saw like two or three posts. I think from last week and he was saying it's not about the money it's not about the money it's not about the money and it's like well then why the fuck aren't you fighting him yeah. like if it's not about the money then like he's easily the fight that makes sense he put on instagram he put on one of his posts. well because he but he tried to put all the blame on canelo yeah he's like yeah. he's like i've never been about the money it's like well then why aren't you fighting him if that's the case because like yeah, but, yeah you're like you're putting on this canelo how many times have we seen canelo fucking run from a fight and say no i don't want to fight that guy yeah. okay fucking fighting everybody yeah, <laughs> these guys fighting everybody from 147 all the way up to 175. Like, I, you, you believe the, you think the public is going to believe? Like, yeah, I think Canelo's ducking Caleb Plant, who's <laughs> fought fucking zero people, nobody. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I think the, the publicity, like the way that it, it looked for Caleb Plant and the money he was going to make, I think all of those things were factors for him to just get with his team, and be like, look, let's, we got to make this happen, because I'm never going to have a chance like this uh, again. I mean, so yeah. I just um, I, I think the deal is going to get about the money. Yeah, of course it is, dude. Yeah, it's just I mean, like, look at your professional fighters. We get like, and again, professional fighters are different from other professional uh, athletes, right? Yeah. Um, like you start out making nothing for giving, putting your life on the line. All right, so we know it's not all about the money. You, you become a fighter because there's something fucking wrong with you. Like, we're wired differently than other people. That, that's just how it is. So right. we, we know that you're going to fight whether you get paid or not. We get it, right? But at this level, it's like, okay, now you've made it this far. Now you got to start making some decisions. Like, you're going to fight anyway. You might as well make it as worth your while as you possibly can. Yeah, of course. You know I mean? So, of course, it's about the money now. You know I mean, because, like, all, otherwise, you would just keep fighting tomato cans and get paid your – you know, 500 grand or whatever the fuck you were making. Yeah. And as opposed to like your, your 10, 15 million that you're probably gonna get for this one fucking fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, of course it's not all about the money, but don't bullshit yeah, people. Trying to tell people like Canelo. He's trying, to blame, he's trying to blame Canelo and clearly you're, he's ducking, but um, yeah. So that, that fight's looking to happen in November. Then we got T.O. versus George Cambosis, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there, there was a big deal. Um, the WB or yeah, I think it was the WBO ordered Triller to ha- to stage the fight in the US um, because of COVID shit. So Australia is like, you know, way better than everyone else in the world. They're like fucking as soon as one COVID case, like, nope, everybody out. Um, so it, it'd be hard to, you know, have an event there. 
So they were going back and forth. And I guess Triller, they, they, they picked the spot that works for everyone. Um, uh, and I think it's going to be in the, in the, in the Middle East. Um, uh, yeah, it's going to be in the Middle East, uh, Dubai, probably. Um, so that, that, that's, and that the target date is still October 17th. Um, so that looks like that all that shit's going to be taken care of. That, that fight is probably, it's finally going to happen. Um, and then Jamal Herring and Shakur Stevenson are going to fight October 23rd for Herring's belt that he got from Frampton. Um, huge, huge, huge fight for Stevenson. Uh, as good Talk as Herring is on the map in a lot of ways, right? I, 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 yeah, I mean, look, it, it is. It's a big fight. I, honestly, I think this is easy work for Stevenson, to be honest with you. Easy fucking work. I don't think there's any way he loses this fight. So he's about to be champion. Um, yeah, and then... Oh, and then and then Loma. Uh, right. Lomachenko is looking to fight Richard Comey in December. Um, and so this tells me that Loma really is taking this vendetta against Teo like he's obsessed with it because now again Nakatani had never been knocked out before he gave Lopez probably his toughest fight he ever had and Loma went in there and made him look like a fucking amateur um and now so Tio knocked out Comey in the fifth round so Loma looks like he's gonna try to get in there and put him out before the fifth round to, to try to show up Tio uh because of this obsession that he has with getting his revenge um which I think he will get eventually but um, that'll be exciting. I mean, Comey's a, he's a strong dude, but he's slow. He's got very slow feet and I don't think there's any fucking way he lands on Loma. So. Well, let's hopefully we get that fucking T.O. Loma fight again. Let's yeah. I want to see it again. Um, all right, cool. So a lot of good, a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, good fight this weekend for boxing and UFC. We got Manny Pacquiao versus Ugas. Jake saying, what'd you say, fourth round? Fifth round. Fifth round KO. I'm going to go with eighth round KO. And then for UFC, we got Cannonier versus Gaslam. I'm going with Gaslam by unanimous decision. And, uh, yeah. Um, any other boxing stuff coming up? Uh, well, we got the fucking Woodley. Uh, oh, yeah, Jake Paul. Next weekend or weekend after? Next weekend, 29th. All right, so we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll break that down a little bit, and then we'll go from there. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Unfortunately. Um, all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for tuning in this far. As always, if you have any fighters that you want us to look at, fights you're looking forward to, anything like that, let us know. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.